This is the podcast for February 18th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside the Rahm Emanuel Coronation Headquarters and Pancake House, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. When, if you need if you need an image of, in your mind of where we are and what we're doing, uh, Drift Glass is still in Chicago. We're Skyping tonight, and that is not a euphemism. No. He's in Chicago working hard, and I'm down here with the kids in, in the middle of the cornfield, and we're, um, we're both sucks. pissed off about that, but... Oh well, it'll it'll get better, and we want to thank everyone who wrote in and commented and said so many nice things to us. Thank you so much. I still have a stack of notes I have not gotten to or replied to yet. I just I feel well. We we've both been really busy. No, we've both been really busy, and we've been traveling with kids in the back of the minivan who were really good on the way down. You brought us all back from Chicago. We've had a great weekend in Chicago. Who are you voting for? Who are you voting for for mayor of Chicago? Well, since there are no LaRouches running this time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm forced to choose oh, from among. Um, I, I have been bombarded with uh, robocalls. Just, you know, don't forget. And it, it's all through, you know, cell phone numbers and local numbers. So, And it, you it, told me that one of them was Rahm Emanuel saying your name, your real name. No, I was I was pulling. You were lying. Oh, you I were was. pulling my leg, and it worked. Oh, crying out loud! <laughs> it's, it's, oh, this this bodes ill for our marriage. That you yeah. can that you can straight face lie to me, and I believe you. Oh, God. Yes, yes. No, I, what I meant to say was yes, yes. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Uh, no, Rom was. Uh, I'm getting uh, the robocalls from from, and only from, pretty much only from his people. And the idea that Carol Mosley Braun would be the candidate from all of the people who are in the field who would emerge as the leading African-American candidate is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yes. Because there is a progressive candidate. There's a guy named Miguel de Valle who is currently the city clerk of the city of Chicago. Oh, okay. And if you don't know who that is, go rent Blues Brothers. <laughs> and it's the part played at the very end by Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. City so. clerk. Got to get, got to get the money to the city clerk to yeah. save the orphanage. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's his job, and he's you know squeaky clean politician, um, humble and competent administrator, and would probably make a very very good mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, has all the you know progressive credentials someone in Chicago can reasonably expe- be expected to have, and he is not going to win because he doesn't have any money, mm-hmm. and because instead of forming a progressive coalition. The African American bloc formed a uh, an African American coalition, which is not as and big, will, and, and no. we'll lose. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Harold Washington had African Americans and Hispanics and gays and white liberals mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and 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 and, and he built himself a real coalition. Yeah. Um, but but that's not going to happen this time, and Rom's going to run up the middle, and whether yeah. he wins on the first ballot with fifty one percent or not is anybody's guess, but. It's like the first 10 minutes of The Godfather around here. Everybody's showing up to Rom's office. You know, uh, boss, be your first alderman, be a masculine alderman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really is like that here. And it is, just, yeah. They're going to they're they're, kiss his, his short middle finger. And <laughs> the final point I want to make is about this is the larger one, in that this is the first time in a quarter century that progressives have had a shot at the mayor yeah. of the third largest city in America, yeah. a democratic city. 
You know, this doesn't happen every day. This doesn't happen every election. This happens once every quarter century. Right. In, and in we Chicago. fucking blew it. We blew it. Oh, no. And, and I just meant to say in the same way that when George Ryan went to jail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had a shot at putting a real progressive, a real, you know, liberal Democrat into the governor's office. But instead, we put Dick Mel's son-in-law mm-hmm, in there mm-hmm. because – Rod Blagojevich was the guy the mayor and the rest of the machine put their arm around and said, this He's is our, our guy. Yeah. And we put this, you know, haircut criminal in office yeah. instead of putting a real, you know, a real progressive. Well, but, but that and happens we, a but lot in Illinois. I mean, our attorney general, God bless her. She's a sweet woman, but she's, you know, uh, what's his name's kid? Um, yeah, Lisa Madigan. Well, it's just like our lieutenant governor. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Simon is Paul Simon's daughter. You know, it's this happens all the time, and I don't know if it happens elsewhere, but but it does uh, point out something that I've wanted to say on our podcast in terms of what a lot of people want to know: what direction do you go, or uh, you know, how do how do we organize, how do we manage things, and as progressives, and how do we actually make a difference? And one thing, in addition to being the media that we can all do is go local and yes. really be aware of what's happening locally. You know, Tip O'Neill said all politics is local. And part of me, as I kind of grow up politically and start <laughs> realizing, wow, where can we really have an impact? It has to do with sidewalks. You know, I said that before. It has to Listening to people talking around here during a mayoral election, you realize, wow, you can reach everybody when you're talking about sidewalks and sewer systems. People all of a sudden are willing to talk about government being okay. Yeah. And government can solve problems. So, you know, no, no, let's privatize the sewer system and make everybody pay for flush. You know, no, you know, they're not going to go for that. So it is a place where you can reach people about the value of good government. You're listening to the Professional Left Podcast, professionalleft.blogspot.com. Ed Schultz is on fire because of Wisconsin these days. He's doing really well. I'm really impressed. When Ed's got, you know, in his backyard, yeah, yelling about stuff that really has mattered to him for decades, literally decades. Yeah, there's no stopping Ed. So he, that's when we got Ed right there. You got him. So when, when when the unions are getting, you know, pushed around, that's when it's break glass. Yeah. In case of Ed. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Bring him out. Bring yeah. him out. He's got the fire, so good yeah. for him. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of Wisconsin, on holy Wisconsin, fuck. Wisconsin, on Wisconsin. Oh, my God. We are totally down uh-huh. with this. And this is something, you know, that happened in 1910. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is not anything new. Yeah, welcome that, to Haymarket. Yeah. Welcome to Haymarket. This is what, this is what, this is a pattern. This is a historical predictable yeah. pattern and i'm not saying i saw this coming and no. so on because no one could have predicted the the facebook revolution and the twitter revolution that obviously is causing people to be able to connect right instantly you know and and create real positive rallies that make a difference around yep. the world yep. but uh you know this this pattern of Financial emergency followed by wealth grabbing, power grabbing at the top, mm-hmm. followed by a really strong, effective pushback from 
organized workers. Yes. Yeah, who, who reach a point? Organized. Yeah, who reach a point where they've had it. Mm-hmm. That's gone on several times in American history, and it's happening again. And it's awesome. It's it, it really is. And I like how in Wisconsin you're seeing Governor Walker is very much like um, the judge at the Chicago Seven trial, whose name was, was Hoffman. Say. Yeah, Judge that Hoffman or Bull Connor. Or Bull Connor. You know? It's he's like such a perfect he's representation. Such a perfect prick. Yes, yeah. the perfect prick to be cast in this role of the villain. You know, mm-hmm. and selecting the unions that supported him for exemption. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's just so blatantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has nothing to do with fiscal responsibility. No, with no, the it, of oh, and, and Rachel Maddow did such a good job of clearly stating that. Well, it's about busting unions. Busting unions. That's all it's about. And I, I and and, but that's what it's been like on the federal level too. Exactly. And so, but it's but it's happened over time, and it happens in several news cycles. This is all happening in one news cycle, and so you can't sort of miss the point. Where you can miss the point when it's we're going to create these huge deficits with these huge tax cuts ten years ago. And then as soon as the Democrats in office, we're going to scream about deficits and cut programs. Right, except, which is what we wanted to do the all along. We to, right. You know, because we never got over the New Deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so we're going to bankrupt the country deliberately. Deliberately. And then, yeah. and then we're going to scream about suddenly become fiscally responsible. We're broke. We're broke. Yeah. 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 Oh, we can't afford this. And then some. And, and then of course somebody like Governor Walker gives the game away. Right. You know, and, and says out loud what they say in private what that this is about do. breaking the unions. Yep. And and, and, the, and the Democratic Party. Party and the only we're only breaking the unions because they serve the interests of the Democratic Party. Right. This does not have anything to do really with unions. If they were Republican unions, this wouldn't be about unions. <laughs> it's no. about organizing democrats that's the problem so it's it's also a a real deep contempt for working people yeah i mean there's a real seething hatred of of working class people on the right that just can't be contained i mean and you can really see it right down the middle in a fox reporting on wisconsin burning Mm -hmm. you know this entirely peaceful but you know the, the their their Ideology says no, no. Union union members are all goons and they're all thugs, thugs and they all yeah. use intimidation to get what they want. And then you know, you know my, I, I look at my mom, the teacher. Yeah. You know, and, and really, I don't remember her beating anyone except me occasionally for you know oh, setting yeah. fires and stuff. And, and Rush Limbaugh and his ardent listeners really ought to use the word thug to describe yeah. anybody. I mean, come on. Yeah. But, and, and you look at these union meetings, and it looks like a Quaker group. It's really, you know, it's it's mousy-looking people yeah. with glasses sitting there over a folder. You know, now we're going to have to use a map for parking. You know, we're, there's not going to be parking in Madison tomorrow. We're going to have to walk a few blocks to get down to the state house. It's like, okay, I'll bundle up. I'll be bundling up for that. You know, and you're like. Really, these are these, are, these are your thugs. Wow, these are your thugs. Yeah, be sure to use MapQuest before you leave the house to know where uh-huh. you have to go. Because you're like, okay, and this you, is this is the thug. You and if, you, 
If you can't figure it out, the grandkids can figure it out. Oh, yeah. Just get the grandkids with their phones. You know that that little phone he's got? He's got a map on it. It's amazing. They're wizards (laughs) with the Google. They really are, those grandkids. (laughs) Let me show you some pictures of them. Oh, yeah. It's in my tote bag right here. (laughs) These are the people I'm supposed to be afraid of. Yeah, right. But ideologically, there's no other answer permissible. No, right. exactly. And are, they are the radicals. Are the, they are the radicals because yeah. they have knowledge and memory, and that yes. makes you a radical. Yes, you remember what life was like five years ago. Or, or 20 years ago. And and the other thing, that is the other thing I want to make sure I bring up. I've been meaning to bring this up podcast after podcast, mm-hmm. is anyone who mentions the teachers' union. Uh-huh is doing that as a smokescreen so that they do not have to talk about children and poverty. Right. That's Period. Mm-hmm. And if you, if anyone that brings that up to you in a bar or a restaurant or at work or wherever, if they say the words teachers union, you need to come back at them with a emotional verbal sledgehammer of, oh, no, what you really don't want to talk about, buddy, is children and American children. And you can be nationalistic about this if you want. White American children and poverty. That's what you don't want to talk about. You don't want to talk about the fact that we have uh, disabled, (laughs) economically disabled people of childbearing age in this country. Mm -hmm. They aren't able to afford a home. They aren't able to afford anything except their car insurance and their cell phones. That's it. That's right. That's right. And as long as we economically disable people of childbearing age, I was trying to find some statistics tonight for the podcast, and the one that really jumped out at me was um, one in four jobs in America today won't support a family of four, period. Will not. Mm-hmm. Now, and if, it used to. And it used to. It used to be. Yeah. Um, it used to be the majority of households in this country could be supported by one wage earner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that is simply not true anymore. Right. And if you if you simply walk the trend lines back, this is this is where actually these two issues come together: teachers' unions, poverty, and unions. Mm-hmm. 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 Walk all the trend lines back to 1980, 1979, 1980, 81. That's when the rich started be getting phenomenally richer. Yeah. When, when when productivity started going up, people started working harder, longer hours for less money, and all of that labor that translates into wealth went to the top one to five percent of America, who then got tax cuts. The tax cuts in the Reagan years all skewed up to. The rich, the, mm-hmm. the the people who got their taxes raised during the Reagan administration, were all making under fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year. They were all middle class or poor, so they they bore the brunt of paying the social cost for the Reagan revolution. So you could, every single trend line, um, um, uh, individual wealth, um, real uh, property value, um, college, and so forth, mm-hmm. wages, they all split during the eighties. And the the rich got insanely richer, hundreds of times richer. The top got hundreds and hundreds of times you know more benefit, and people at the middle and bottom flattened out completely. Mm-hmm. And when when you factor in the, you know the, uh, the the rise in cost of everything, people 
in the in the lower and middle classes have gotten poorer and poorer and poorer over the last thirty mm-hmm. years. So the rich have gotten richer, the poor have gotten poorer, and the, the the only thing that was keeping everyone sort of in the same boat was organized labor. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing that kept the middle class pacing the upper class when it came to increasing wealth, and that allowed people to rise out of poverty into the middle class. And the right fucking hates the middle class hates them because they're the ones who cause all the trouble. Poor people don't cause trouble. Poor people are too busy starving and trying to find find their next meal. Find a third job. Yeah, Yeah. find their third job. Yeah. They're too busy. It's the middle class who suddenly looks up and says, wait a minute, we're getting fucked by these people. Mm -hmm, Let's mm -hmm. organize and push back because we're we're the artisan class. We're the people who make things. And we can act, we actually have power in the society. And we will write to our congressmen. We will make different. Yeah. We will organize votes. We will run in local elections. We, we have will, the time to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and the, and the last thirty years has been a study in breaking the middle class. Yeah. And the place you start with is organized labor. So yeah. let's let's beat down everyone else's wages. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. the only people who still have a decent benefit package and and who still have the possibility of retiring are union workers. And then let's turn all the people that we have impoverished through Republican policies against the unions. Unions, yeah. You know, let's not let's not blame the rich people. Let's not blame the oligarchs. Let's not blame the plutocrats in the, in the GOP and let's face it in the Democratic Party who let this happen. Let's pit poor people against slightly less poor people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and make them fight over the scraps we left behind. And, and that's I don't want I don't want to let this unions. Yeah, I don't want to let this not dovetail into the budget. Yes, absolutely. So I'm done with my little rant there, but it it really is. It is a, but that that only, but that only becomes part of your consciousness if you are aware that there was a labor movement. Yeah. yeah. That this is in fact a a social national trend that goes back a century and more. And that, and that what's happening in Wisconsin is, is a reflection of the best in America. Mm -hmm. So budget. Budget. Well, just, just a very interesting week in terms of, I mean, I, first of all, I want to say that Presidential budgets are very often dead on arrival, and I personally think that particularly the LIHEAP, the yeah. home heating yeah, for home seniors heating thing, yeah. program, is is a ruse. I just I think they put that in there so that John Boehner would be forced to say, "No, I want to cut it more." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I double dog. Dare I you. double dog dare you, and that that to me, I, it it's horrifying to see that in a Democratic president's budget. On the other hand. I sort of look at that as wow, you went you went there and you're you are you're double dog daring John Boehner to say no, we need more cuts. You know, this is this is where he's going and and then Boehner just is such a colossal fuck up. I can't get he's, over the past well, two days with the Speaker of the House. He is he is the end result of an evolution of the U.S. Chamber the of Commerce. The evolution. It's yeah. Devo all over yeah. again. Let's start is, singing Devo songs. You know, that 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 horrible orange. Are we not men? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's got to be off the golf course now. Yeah, exactly. And actually has to be in front yeah. of a microphone. Yeah, and, and that's bad. Know, that's I hate really to break bad. it to you, but when you stick a microphone in their mouth, a lot of Chamber of Commerce guys talk this way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they're just oblivious and they don't give a shit. They want their fucking tax cuts and they want their fucking martinis and they want to go home by fucking three o'clock. Yeah. And that's their life. And they believe that they are pr- that that is their right. Yep. And that anybody who interferes with that sort of the arc of their leisure, you know, is a is a socialist monster. And that, and they get paid to, to parrot this kind of crap. And then you stick a microphone in front of them and make them the speaker of the house, and you go, oh my god, this is what rich people are like. 
this is their, their this is their cat's paw. Yep. Oh shit. I thought they were all brilliant. I thought they were all Bill Gates. I thought they were all, you know, genius innovators and, and Steve Jobs. This guy? Really? And the answer is yeah. And and really this is where Wisconsin um it comes back a little bit to Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, the reason this is happening in Wisconsin is because the voters voted this guy in. Yeah. And you know, this is what hate we to keep say going it. back to. <laughs> he got elected, baby. All those high-speed rail monies that are getting thrown down the crapper because you're, you decided you'd send a message to Washington yeah, and you right. vote Republican, way to go. Congratulations. You voted to cut your own economic throats. You know, And, and I'm sorry that, that the 52% of you decided to screw the other 48% of you. You know, Elections have consequences. Yeah. And Wisconsin was a consequence of letting this asshole be your governor. Yep. So congratulations. Anyway, that's a little bitter. No, it's not. It, it, but but I think that it's interesting that the Tea Party linked up with some liberal Democrats this week mm-hmm. to defeat John Boehner's second engine for the F-153 fighter jet, you know, which is built in his district. And I'm going to be really interested to see where the constituency goes when it comes to, you know, the, there have been several congressmen coming out in the past week saying, okay, if there is a shutdown of the government this time, Uh Social Security checks will stop. Yes. It's not going to be like the last time. Social Security checks will stop. This is now a debt situation that we can't borrow just part of it, you know, and keep those things going. We're not going to be able to cherry pick here. Uh And if that happens, that's real suffering for people who – Sit in front of Fox News, you know, have the have the money, to, mm-hmm. and are living on those checks. So the hypocrisy, calling them on their hypocrisy, is going to be, you know, there's going to be an explosion. To me, the defining characteristic of Tea Party voters is selfishness. Yes. Yeah. And if it's their money and their government money, this is exactly why John <laughs> Boehner is such a good representative of them. Oh no, this is my district. You know. Right. Right, the, the, the same guy yeah. who could who could say, you know, Florida government made two hundred thousand jobs and basically fuck them. Yeah, you know, yeah. if if we have to cut and they have to lose their jobs, you know, because those aren't real jobs. Okay, what about making a completely useless piece of military hardware in your district? Oh, those are real jobs. Yeah, keep keep your hand off that, and and that there's absolutely no conflict in his mind between the pork that keeps people in his district employed. Those are real jobs, and that's important, and that's worth fighting for. But the firemen and the policemen and the Coast Guard and the judges and the teachers who teach other people's kids who aren't my privileged white children, mm-hmm. those aren't real jobs. Those are just moochers. Those are just socialist moochers. Those people aren't like me. And that is the heart of the Tea Party. It's, it's, it's ignorance, but it's also this deep, deep narcissism, this yeah. deep sense of – you know, if it isn't personally about me, if it doesn't benefit me, then fuck those people. And but it really is this this nihilistic split that I just don't give a shit. You know what I used to call "fuck everyone but me" Republicans. Yeah. And that really, in their heart, that's really what they think. There's a bitter, angry, sort of ingrown sense of hatred for the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if it doesn't benefit me, you know, if you're taxing. Me, you're taking my money away. Well, yeah, we're taking money you earned um, driving on roads we built, <laughs> you know, in the clean air that, that is kept regulated, so you don't suffocate. 
and eat your safe food and on and on and on. All, you, you participate in the society and you enjoy all of its benefits and all of its amenities, which is why you're able to make money. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. idea that you have to give some of it up to keep the machine running, to keep all that happening, that that's a burden, that, that, that that's slavery, that that's somehow unfair, is such a, an infantile and selfish and, and ultimately suicidal point of view that you can't really debate with people like that. Did did you see Sarah Palin on Last Word tonight when they showed her? No, being, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, she actually gave a talk. She actually went out in public and gave a talk at the Long Island Association, which is a big, huge business association. The cheapest ticket was three hundred dollars. Uh huh. Um, you could be a, an official event sponsor for fifty grand. She's running for president, um, which would give you a VIP champagne reception with Sarah Palin. Followed by a photo opportunity for fifty thousand dollars. Remember, uh, you got photo. You could get a photo opportunity for nine thousand five hundred. So that you you could actually you know dial it dial the cost down a little bit. But there is no. Remember, there she is. She got no paid. Se- Let's just, there's no sex in the champagne room. Right. There is no sex in the <laughs> champagne reception with Sarah Palin. No. I just want to read to you a sentence that she said on the stage in response to a question about Social Security and... Are you, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, program? yeah, okay. I am. All right. um, Social Security and entitlements. This is, uh-huh. what, this is one of her sentences. I think the games have to end. The road has to change. We've got to get on more common sense grounds and apply those principles that have worked in the past. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It is... <laughs> It wow. is like a 17-year-old college freshman who didn't read any of the material uh-huh. trying to answer a question in class. Uh-huh. I mean, it really is. That's it, it. it. That's well, what she is. It's just, you know, you, it, you have to, it's all, your, your problem, Blue Gal, is you listen to the words and not the music. <laughs> The music I should just glaze is, over when she says common sense. I should just, oh, yeah. that's so good. Well, you know, yeah. you, you keep looking in all the wrong places. It's genius on a certain yeah. level. Yeah, I it's guess. Sort of, it's something like some kind of a dream mm. where yeah. everyone you walk up to and ask them a question, they just gibber at you mm-hmm. in this nonsensical, completely unintelligible language. Mm-hmm. She is – Figuring out that you don't have to really talk to anybody Mm-mm. about anything. Yeah, you just open your mouth, and this torrent of of mad lib um, nonsense comes yeah. pouring out, and then they give you a check. Yeah, and then eventually they put you, you know, in the White House, maybe. Um, it just. And we keep when you know we keep trying to understand this from a, oh my God, how could you possibly not. It, it, it is like going into church and seeing, you know, snake handlers and people speaking in tongues and, and trying to bring in some sort of uh, theological, rational sensibility to that. And, yep. and you can't communicate because one person is having an ecstatic experience and understanding their entire political world through through a translation of energy from this this individual who seems to be possessed of the same spirit that they respect. And the other person wants to talk about the Bible. 
Yep. It wants to talk about scriptures. And it wants to talk about the rules and what Jesus really said and what really happened and, and the interpretation of learned scholars over the years. And those two groups just can't talk to each other. Because mm-hmm. one is having an ecstatic personal experience that cannot be understood by anyone but them. And one is talking about book learning and knowledge mm-hmm. and history and rules. Yep. And, you know, so we can keep pointing at her and saying, can you believe what this crazy bitch said today? Yep. And we're right, but the fact is, the fact that we're right is irrelevant. Yeah. The people to whom she is an iconic symbol, you know, that's that's out of the Bible. She is yep. their prophetess. Yeah. Okay, and I'm their spokesmodel uh, and their little yeah. draping over the, the Japanese car, we, as we've said before. Well, I want to yeah. close by going back and doing a big circle. Okay. Or I want to. I want to do. I want to do a circle here. Um, back to um, the Chicago mayoral election. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what about a blue gal? Mayor Emanuel on Twitter yeah. is hilarious. I just he, uh, have uh, to he, say that is not he, the real Rahm Emanuel. No, it's <laughs> much funnier. <laughs> much funnier. What it is on Twitter is um, Rahm is hosting the Democratic state senators. Oh, at his pool party, you know that the undisclosed yeah. location where they've run off, so there isn't a quorum. They're yeah. at Rom's house at yeah. um, at the pool, <laughs> yeah. and Axelrod <laughs> is tossing state senators <laughs> down the pool slide, yelling a brand of cheese. Fontina. <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect. It's a that is a story, and it's it being is. told on Twitter. It's awesome, but you know. And I hope it continues during. I hope it continues year. until they all go home. Yeah, because well, until we it, win. <laughs> I hope it continues after Mayor Rahm is coronated next week. By the way, yeah, the election is next week. Yeah, water slides, fine gold, beer brats, whiskey, and some motherfucking crazy ass Wisconsin senators. I fucking love my life. <laughs> <laughs> The great hidden secret of this election is who is Mayor Emanuel. Mayor Emanuel follows. <laughs> and, and then he said, "He's your next motherfucking mayor. Get used to it, assholes." That's his. That's his profile on Twitter. And the reason I bring this up is there's another woman on Twitter named Blog Diva. Uh-huh. Who replied to that tweet by saying, in all caps, "Marry me." Uh-huh. And I just sent her a tweet warning her that I used to say marry me to you back in 97 on your blog. <laughs> and you need to be really careful what you wish for because you might be married to that motherfucker in three years. <laughs> yeah, you really – You don't want to yell out marry me. Remember. <laughs> well, I didn't have a blog in 97. But no, it was – it was what was it? 2007. Excuse yeah. me. 2007. Yeah. There was <laughs> – this was a. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell this story because it's a great story. There was a post that you did that was just marvelous, which uh, many of your oh, posts are marvelous. And <laughs> I used to say when you wrote something marvelous that just sent me to the moon, I used to say, "Fuck Drifty, are you going to marry me or not?" I used to leave that comment at your blog. This was before yeah. I even knew you. It was just well, a I, joke. Let, let's let's be clear. That is a common. Blog yeah. compliment. Yes, marry people, me. Right, yeah. people say that all the time. Yeah, and so I had said that to you at one point in 2007, and <laughs> there was a commenter named Andrea, and I'll never forget the name. 
Andrea, who's I, after I posted that to your blog, posted a comment to your blog that said, "Get in line, blue gal." Mm-hmm. And I looked. <laughs> I remember very specifically looking at the screen and thinking to myself, "Does she know who I am?" <laughs> you know who you're messing. You with. know who you're messing with. This is. And she wasn't a blogger. She didn't have a link at her name or anything, you know. But at that point, I just completely stepped back. Like, okay, I'm not going to get in a cat fight when I'm one of the cats. That's not going to happen. Damn it. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching going, yeah. But yeah, I thought you were. Yeah. I thought he's probably really enjoying this way too much. Chick Women fight. fighting yeah. over him. Yeah. Ladies, perhaps some seltzer water and pies. Pomegranate right <laughs> and seltzer might make yeah. you calm down a little bit. Come, sit on my futon. <laughs> oh, man. Just uh, <laughs> Hey, Andrea, eat your fucking heart out. <laughs> Signed, Mayor Emanuel. Signed, yeah. <laughs> well. well, before we end, I, w- <laughs> I want to thank those people that had comments about our engagement that were... Humorous, and we're, we did, we're a sucker for the funny. We're a sucker for the funny, and the people that came up with. I, I knew listening to you that you didn't need a radio deal. You needed to go get a room. <laughs> we were laughing at that email and coming up with the Kama Sutra of the Liberals. May I read this? Of course. <laughs> the Kama Sutra of the Liberals is the Nader is you don't pull out when you should, the Kucinich is you pull out against your better judgment. <laughs> And the Dirty Sanders. <laughs> you won't tell me what a Dirty Sanders is. So. No, I'm not. You're not authorized. You're not authorized. What's a Dirty nope. Sanders? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, just, you know, You're going to be my I, wife, damn it. I'm not going to tell you what a Dirty my, No wife no. of mine is going to know what a Dirty Sanders is. No. no this, is, this, is, this is podcast. It's the podcast. And, and there's certain things that even not safe for work. Doesn't cover. I have no business talking about. Yeah. And also, you can't do an Anthony Weiner and a Barbara Mikulski at the same time. <laughs> no. The, the muscle structure of the human body will not accomplish such thing. Yeah. For the Mikulski, you'll have to stretch for about an hour. I did say. I did say at my blog back when they were that one bill when uh, Harry Reid actually pulled the cots out last fall. Yeah. Had the cots. You know, ready to go, and they they went to cloture at seven thirty at night because everybody wanted to get home for Matlock or something. You know, and I said on my blog at that time, I was like, "Okay, new rule: the cots stay out permanently forever, and senators uh-huh. have to walk between them to get to work." You know, anytime somebody says the word filibuster or cloture Carl Levin and Barbara Mikulski jump out of their seats and wiggle it's cot time <laughs> let's go baby let's go you know? get a cot buddy everybody get a cot everybody. buddy yeah boom there, now there's some real filibuster reform right there we want to Love thank sense. our listeners and thank you for your kind comments to us we're very happy even though we're 290 miles apart right now we're working toward Ending the long... The commute. The, the commute, commute is the damn commute. We're, we're working on that. We have an email address where you can write us. Our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. And that goes to both of us, and we're always very glad to hear from you. 
Uh, we do reserve the right to read your emails on the air if you send them to that email address. Unless otherwise... Yeah, if you, you know. say, please don't, then of course we won't. We have a website professionalleft.blogspot.com where you can listen to past episodes for free with no download and no registration. We are also on iTunes and thank you very much to those listeners who have reviewed our podcast at iTunes. We're very, very grateful to you for that. We love our iTunes listeners. At our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, there's an opportunity for you to support this podcast and keep us going. We do have expenses. <laughs> I did my taxes today. We got we had more expenses than I thought we did. Uh, we have expenses uh, associated with this podcast, including keeping our laptops in good condition. And I want to <laughs> particularly thank an overseas listener who is sending me a um, portable backup drive for my laptop. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. That's very sweet of you. He's, I just got lying around uh, for some old project I decided not to do. So here, I'm going to mail this to you so you can back up your hard drive. So thank you very much and uh, really appreciate that. And my hard drive died a week ago, over a week ago. Yeah, and died. So just yeah. completely died and, and blew out my headphones and it was really bad. So I had to replace some rather expensive equipment and did that with your help, and I really appreciate your help with that, and thank you. So at our website, you may help us out and keep this podcast viable. We really appreciate your help. How are the Internet Kitties doing tonight? The Internet Kitties are peacefully protesting, but Fox News is reporting that they've set fire to my futon. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Drip Glass Blue Gal Podcast. I'm not, some, trying some, to, I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm just saying. No, no, but some audio to be patched in. I just I just yeah. like talking to you. I love talking to you, too. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a gas. It's, 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 so it's a fun. stone-cold gas talking politics with you, baby. It is. It, it is. is. And and uh, the promise we made to our listeners is still true. When this stops being fun, we will stop doing it. Yeah, but um, it has, that's, that hasn't happened yet. I think our listeners can be more secure in the fact that the podcast will continue. Well, and I worry a little bit about the persona of Drift Glass not comp- being compromised too much by domesticity. So just so you know. Oh, I, not to worry. <laughs> I didn't think so. Not to worry. No, no. <laughs> My den will always have a bat pole. The bat yeah. pole will always go to the bat cave. Yeah. The the ideas and the uh, – the person is not the right word. But the ideas and the passion and the belief and so forth were all there before I wrapped them up in a blog persona. Yeah. They were there long time ago. And and, and it's not like they're carved in stone. I, as a good liberal, I try to learn something new every so often and change my mind or come up to speed or reexamine my beliefs. But those essential things aren't going to change. 